0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ministry Matters podcast. My name is Rowan, and along with my wife, Jill, we serve as the lead pastors of a three small location multi-site church, C3 Camden, Picton, and Thoreau in southwestern Sydney and the Illawarra. On this podcast, Jill and I discuss all matters ministry and share some of the things we've learned and are still learning along the way in our 30 plus years of pastoral ministry experience. It's our particular hope that this podcast will be of help to small church pastors and their teams and encourage you to continue to minister effectively to the wonderful people that God has entrusted into your care. that we express on this podcast are our own and not necessarily those of the church or denomination that we're a part of. We'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback, any comments or suggestions on any topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes. find out more about us or our church, check out the show notes for links to all the relevant socials and websites. So without any further ado, let's get into today's conversation. miss (laughs)
1: Miss
0: it? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was just winking at you for the fun of it. <laughs> oh, that's a funny start to our podcast. I Did I miss fact. the beginning? No, you didn't miss the beginning. Yeah. I just put you off with my funny little weeks. Oh, I was okay. doing cheeky winks. Okay, oh, we'll just carry on, hey. Sure, sure. We have this thing where I she wanted me to, to let her know when she can come in on the tune. I'm
1: waiting for the. I was waiting for the symbol.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you, well, you missed the symbol. I missed yeah. the symbol. But that's because I was. Winking at you and doing... (laughs) Distracting me. Distracting you with funny, (laughs) cheeky stuff. Okay. Anyway, welcome. We're here.
1: Welcome. Hope you're good. Hope you're having a good week. You are in your green uh, shirt today, which is a bit distracting because you look a bit like Zelensky.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: Vladimir Zelensky when you wear your green shirt. Volodymyr. Volodymyr, sorry. Volodymyr Zelensky. Um,
0: Yeah, I'm just not quite as... uh, (laughs) I'm not. I'm not quite in the same physical condition as Mr. Zelensky, especially at the moment. <laughs> oh, I've got to start working on my Zelensky body, I suppose, haven't I? Hon?
1: One of our team pointed that out one day when you were wearing a green T-shirt. Yes, she yes, said, she did. You look a lot like Zelensky today and on I camera.
0: Said, I wish that my body looked like upper body looked like Zelensky's upper body, but I don't have that much time <laughs> to work out. We are getting a gym soon. We are getting our gym from our other house, the garage gym, from the garage gym that's coming down this weekend, and we'll have a gym it in is. our garage. Yep. So, look out, Zelensky. Here I come. <laughs> I wish. I all wish. right.
1: Let's jump in today. We're going to talk about uh, discouragement, encouragement, the gap between vision and reality. Oh,
0: isn't that a real everyday grind topic?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're going to go talk about. Mm. So where are we going to start? We're going to. This is a, this is an issue that we we kind of come up against all the time in our own lives and in the lives of our team all the time, isn't it? Uh, you know, finding that balance between what you hoped something would be only to find it's not what you'd hoped it would be.
1: That's right. I think as pastors, uh, people of hope and expectation that God's going to do good things, we we want to be visionary, we want to have vision, we want to keep looking forward, we want to think big, we want to be faith people mm. and uh, we have to walk out this daily uh, this daily journey with God, though, and in church life of the reality, um, you know, and, and sometimes there's a gap between the vision and the reality. And there's times when we have mountaintops and things are great and, th- you know, we can see people flourishing and we can see blessing flowing and we can see God doing incredible things and there's growth and there's just miracles and there's healings and there's just amazing things. But they aren't every day, are they?
0: No. Me and I, I Because I kind of am always focused forward, I get to the top of a mountaintop and I very quickly see another one anyway. So Mm. for me, there's always um, a gap between where we are and what I see I'd like us to be or where I see our church going or even in my own world or our family life. So I've had to really particularly wrestle with that tension and the potential discouragement that comes with with that gap. I mean, there's significant things that hit our lives. We're not really so much talking about, the real crises today, but you listed a few things there, didn't you?
1: Yeah, that's right. So it's not, you know, I guess when we think about the gap between vision and reality, sometimes, yeah, there are things that will happen um, that, you know, require sensitivity, they require a a change of gears uh, and it might be, uh, you know, where we have walking through times when, uh, you know, there might be a… A major crisis. A major crisis, so, you know… which I don't know if we want to mention some things about, oh, yeah. like major yeah, crises. You, you can mention them because you know, so life. if there's a breach of trust or there is a, a church split or even you know something if there's a a, a death or illness, um,
0: significant uh, financial challenge in the church or something like that.
1: That's right. Yeah. those kind of things uh, we you know require uh, and I, and I think when we sorry when I think I think when we go through those kind of times. We really would expect God to draw close and He will, and He, he ministers in those times. We've seen, we have walked yeah. through times like that, and we have thought, how do you navigate leading a church and, and doing what we do while these significant crises are going on? And there is a pathway for that as well. I'm not going to necessarily go into talking about that too much today. It does require outside support and sources to help navigate that because I think when we're in the midst of really challenging times like that we can't always, you know, we can't rely on our own way of thinking, we can't rely on our own uh, emotions. We, you know, there might be trauma, there might be, uh, you know, we might be battling with our own mental health or our own health issues and things. But one thing we do know and we have seen in times like that is the church does get through. Yes. Amazingly.
0: The church is more resilient than perhaps we thought it might be. Yep. But it does, we would say, if you're going through a significant crisis, and they, they do happen, they happen to everybody. I don't think you can avoid significant challenges in ministry life. I think the key there is not doing it alone, isn't it? You know, while we're saying we're not going into those things today, there might be some people listening to this podcast, and as you listen to this, you're facing one of those things. And we would say, don't do it alone. Reach out to people around you, your people who pastor you, people who care for you. Uh, reach out to those who've gone before you and say hey can i can i get some help here there's no shame in asking for help in these situations it's better to do that than just to suffer alone isn't it
1: that's right even entire communities sometimes can go through a crises like we've had you know floods in our, in our nation in recent years we've had floods we've had bushfires we've had uh, droughts we've had things like that that impact if you're a, if you're a church in a community where that is you know where you've seen – have been on, on the front lines of those things and you've seen the impact of that that that's a, a big thing for you to navigate. Absolutely. And it uh, takes a whole different uh, perspective and a way of uh, skill set probably that you might need to you know, draw in some other um, perspectives from from outside that you might not because it might be the first time you've walked through something yes. like that. I know We yeah. had that a few years ago in 2019, 2020 bushfires out in the Wool- in Wollandilly. It was a big learning curve. It was, it was a crisis. It was impacting not us personally we lived a bit further away from the area but many people in our church our own location pastors were you know on alert for evacuation they were getting um, a lot of people were evacuated then we had fires come through and we had entire villages highly you know people a lot of people lost their homes decimated and, almost and it's completely years takes <coughs> years of of uh, of those kind of things to you know for a community to recover so and that's uh yeah, that's been something that we've like I said though we you know the Lord has drawn close and led us and been that good shepherd that mm-hmm. has led us and guided us through those times, even though we didn't know what we were doing we we did we did yell out and say to people, you know can can you give us some input on how to lead through a time like this and uh, and then we just trusted God to give us uh, his heart to to navigate that,
0: yep, and you know, when there's significant. Deaths and losses in church life, it can be the same. So, you know, reach out. I'd say reach out, get help. If you don't know who to reach out to, reach out to us and we can see if we can point you in the right direction and try and get some support around you because you don't want to do those extremely challenging seasons alone. We don't want to do ministry life alone at any yeah. time, but but in those times, even more so. So I guess today let's focus then on the the daily grind, Yes, the discouragement of the daily grind. The, yep. the numbers are down. Uh, people didn't respond to the altar call, maybe your finances aren't where they want to be, that's us. Uh, Lack of enthusiasm, seemingly a lack of enthusiasm, Uh, leaders not in alignment, volunteers, no one putting their hand up to volunteer. Uh, You get through Sunday, everyone's asleep in your sermon. Uh, You know, the worship team, no one's raising their hands, no one's engaging in worship. All that stuff that is just very much the daily grind. You can
1: feel really flat. You can and feel day, flat. Things, days when you, you you just want there to be a bit of atmosphere. You want there to be a bit of something. Yeah. And it just feels like, oh, that yeah. went that was flat, you know? Yeah.
0: Sometimes you think you have a good day in church life and then it only, you know, then it only takes someone to say something and it, something negative and it plummets and discouragement hits. And that this happens to all our leaders, doesn't it? It happens to everybody, whether whether you're in pastoral ministry or you're leading a team or you're leading a small group. You know, you you can feel discouraged. People don't. People say they're coming and then they don't show up. And this is this is daily life ministry. This is, um. it'd be nice if it wasn't, but we have, after 30 odd years, we've seen that it doesn't matter what the setting is. It doesn't matter how perfect it looks on the surface, how big, how grand, how good the professionalism is. Under the surface, it's still people, still the daily issues of, you know, not meeting expectations and how do we manage those expectations without getting frustrated? How do we live in the tension between where we are and where we want to be? And I think that's where we wanted to go today. And I've been saying this a lot to our leaders lately, that tension will always be there. And the way we handle that tension will determine our sanity and our successfulness in any arena of ministry. And there's the way where you just, first of all, you just give up altogether. You go, well, there's so much there's so much distance between where I wanted to be. I had this vision, didn't work out. My team didn't grow. Uh, you know, my music team didn't grow. My connect group didn't grow. My gathering didn't grow. So uh, I'm out. And so you just give up. You go, well, this is as good as it's going to be. Or you go the other way where you push people. You get all driven and you push people. And I've been there and push people to try to uh, achieve at that level that we want to have And uh, drivenness never works because that leads to, that comes out of a frustration on the inside and oftentimes a disappointment in ourselves. So we have to do our own work, but it leads to a disappointment uh, which will leak out on the people that we're called to care for, yeah?
1: That's right. We can get all frustrated and, you know, people didn't come to our connect group and we spent three days preparing the talk we were going to do and it was going to be amazing. And then we can ring them all the day after and say, oh, so disappointed with you. Why didn't you come? You know, I'm upset now. I'm frustrated, and we can vent at them, and we can tell them they're terrible Christians. And
0: <laughs> well, it's probably here, here's the thing. I don't think it's that that maybe for some people it is that kind of blatant, obvious uh, reprimanding of yeah. the flock. Yeah. But I'm exaggerating. You are exaggerating, but I think that's the problem: is that we can fool ourselves into thinking we didn't do that, but still we're living out of that frustration. And that comes out. Mm. And I think that's kind of that managing tension we need. There should be a healthy amount of frustration. If we don't have any frustration with the, the gap between vision and reality, then we we're not going to have any inspiration to keep going forward. But that frustration needs to be something that's that's a, a positive driving force as opposed to a negative driving force. Yeah, it
1: needs to motivate us towards action and you know, thinking, okay, because I, I agree. I think, this, I think when we have those, you start to feel it in your body, don't you? Yeah. If you can get it, you know, you start to notice that you're not sleeping. Maybe you're trying to get to sleep at night and you're thinking, oh, what, why am I, you know, why am I pondering this thing of, you know, of uh, disappointment or discouragement that that didn't go as well as I want or you might feel it in your body. I, I have this sometimes when I'm in a service or and I'm, you know, doing something or even just watching what other people are. It's not even – uh, you know as a response to my own leadership it's feeling discouraged other for others that, for that that you know that the kids team put something on and people didn't turn up I'm, I'm discouraged for them I feel for them and I can feel that tension in my own body and uh you know and those kind of things can especially if you've um uh, can be a little bit of glass half half empty person like me I can start to get like you know a list of all the things I'm frustrated about then I start to get weighed down by it. it starts to affect my mood I start to I start to leak it. I start to vent a bit, and what I think is good. And what we what we try and do is is be more, um, you know, keep keep short accounts with ourselves and go. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note of that. I'm gonna work out what I'm gonna do with that. What what's an action? What, what do I need to pray for a breakthrough? Do I need to do I need to shift in my perspective? Is there something uh, practical? Is there a you know is there a tangible? Is there something in this that that can be done? Is this something that we take to our next team meeting? Uh, is, you know, and, and I think though, you know, th- that's a whole other sort of, uh, level of direction that we could take things. Well, it's almost a self-management, to, yes, nece-
0: but it's a necessary self-management. I don't, I don't know that it's that different in direction. I'm thinking about how I would process that frustration <laughs> when I do it. Well, it starts on the inside with me. It's me looking at myself and going, what's going on inside me here. That's making me frustrated. And how do I need to go to God and get f- some fresh vision and some reality about that. And it ultimately does begin with us as leaders. Leaders lead. That's what we do. Um, People will follow Mm -hmm. for good or ill. So if a leader is not leading, if a leader is being led by negativity or disappointment from someone in the congregation or someone in the team or someone in the small group that just says, oh, this isn't working. And then you're constantly changing direction all the time to try to appease that person. Uh, that's not being that's being led, not leading. Now I'm not advocating for being a leader that just ignores negativity. Uh, we have some wonderful people in our team like yourself who who are half glass half empty, and I struggle to be glass half empty because I'm more the glass half full. I'm more the glass full time kind kind of person. But I've had to learn to go no, I'm not going to get frustrated by that negative comment. That comment that cut feels to me like it's just negative, but maybe there's a hint of necessary constructive criticism mm. in there that I need to evaluate. And so I've had to learn to not be discouraged by it and embrace it, but still lead, not then go and change my direction and appease everything because otherwise I'm just going to be running from pillar to post as a leader. So leaders need to lead. We need to get our encouragement from the Lord. We need to get clarity in our leadership teams. And then we need to lead with hopefulness and positivity. And you've been really good at that. I, I, probably find that you often do that better than I do where if we are in a a tough time a challenging season in church life and ministry life you're good at communicating the hopefulness I have the hopefulness but I've watched you do this even in recent times with some of the challenges we've had to face and I've watched you and gone oh I've been inspired by your level of faith it's brought it's brought me up a level by the way you would say I'm hopeful
1: yeah I can't fake hopefulness (laughs) so if if that comes from me uh, yeah, that's probably it's, why. It's because I've gone to God and, and got something from him. And I, I think we do need to encourage ourselves in the Lord, like you said. And you know, that's what David did in the face of adversity, didn't he? And um I think, you know, yeah, that it's that I think one of the ways I guess one of the ways that I have my my default now, because my default is the the glass half empty. But I also get a little bit of a. There's something on the inside of me that goes. Oh, I wonder what God might do in this situation. You get a little bit. I get fiery. the God factor. Yes, I get the like. Hang on a minute, you know, what's what's God going to do here? This is not. And, and I, I know something. The, the the like the warrior sort of thing rises up in me. I'm like, no, no, no. We're not going to be taken down by discouragement. We're not going to let this take. We're not going to let this take us down. And I kind of go and I and you know, have my time with God. I get around some other. People to pray with, you know, and um, to, or talk to if I just express, just you know, um, processing verbally, processing this sort of stuff around people who, you know, are faith people as well. And then it's like we can do it. Is this week, this week, you know, we can spirit, spirit sort of rises. And uh, I, but I have to get that on the inside myself before I can take that to others. And because I, I, I'm not very good at putting on the rah rah. Faith no, talk. That's <laughs> not who
0: you are. No, if it's not in me. So I think you know it, a good way to evaluate is what voices are you listening to, and you sh- it should be that we should listen to the full gamut—the half ap- half empty and the half full people. Mm-hmm. But if if you're facing discouragement, and if you look, if you were to sit down and go, well, what are the voices of the people I'm hearing in my world, and they are the two or three voices of people who have always can always see the glass half empty, can always see the problem then maybe we need to evaluate that and <clears throat> and, and uh, like you said, find some other voices to balance that out. So find some voices and some ways to inject some faith into our spirit, especially if we're naturally that way inclined ourselves, so that we become hopeful. We start to see it as, you know, the extremity is the opportunity for God to move. This is the Exodus moment. You know, there's no way forward. There's no way back. We have to go we have to go through this and Mm. God will take us through this. Mm -hmm. And so we will constantly come to these Exodus moments where the enemy's chasing us down. There's a red sea in front of us and there's nowhere to go. And I think it's in all arenas of life. That's the supernatural. That's the faith walk. That's Mm. the get out, getting out of the boat walk. We see it time and time again. Um, And we need to have positive people in our world who can uh, lift our faith and encourage us. And like you said, get people around who, who you can contact and say, can you pray for me right now? And have a degree of honesty with the trusted team around you too, and whether it's your your church or your, your small group or whatever, I just say, "Look, we're facing some challenges. I'm hopeful. I've been to God myself. Let's together start to speak, and strategize, and dream again." I have found that there's while there will always be the odd complete naysayer you can't work with even the majority of people who get themselves down into the doldrums and can't see a way out, a good faith-filled, honest, not, not uh, fake, faking it faith leader, but a good leader who's been to God, got some vision, got some hope, got hopefulness. You don't even have to have necessarily the strategy, but if you've got the hopefulness and the vision and say, I believe God's going to get us here, let's collectively work out what it might need to take. It's amazing how that sparks the spirit of God because God is creative Holy Spirit is creative. It sparks the creative, and it brings energy to a room, and it brings energy to a team, and and you can go again.
1: That's right. And I think we're made for times like this. Yeah, that excites, That's what's that's what excites me. Me uh, of my natural, you know, me uh, of my natural default, and my natural thinking, leaning on my own understanding, not leaning on the Lord. I, I don't think that way, but when I lean on the Lord, and when I look to Him, I'm like, I'm made for this. I can, I can, I can think beyond my own circumstances. Amen. I can expect more than what I could make happen myself. This is not about us making something happen. It's not by might or by power, but this is by the spirit of the Lord. So we have to know that it's you know where we end, where we end, God God steps in, yes, and it's by His power and we, we have to live in that space or we'll get stuck, I think and we'll um, and we'll start to think it all relate it all, it all it all depends on us. I'm not saying we don't do our part and, and take responsibility and you know and, and do it well. As best we can, but I think how we can lead with a calmness and a peace, and, and help to help the sheep, to help the people, even through uh, you know discouraging times, or even through crisis times of crisis, is when we have a calm on the inside, when we have that peace, when we when we when we really believe ourselves that we know it's going to be okay, that because we do, we know mm-hmm. God's faithful, mm-hmm. we know whatever happens, we're going to be okay. That there's nothing like that. And it gets exciting then because you think, well, what else might God do? That's you right. Know, I start to think about the walls of Jericho and thinking, you know what, there's, yeah, there's some monotony, there's some, feels a bit mundane, it feels a bit average just walking around these walls and, uh, and it's not very exciting at times. It feels like when's the breakthrough going to come? But there was something that, uh, you know, there was something in them that just went, I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm just going to trust God and look what God, and look what he, you know, look what he's able to do. In when he's in his time, and and then miracles flow and things happen, but we have to be able to live in that gap. If we're discouraged in that gap, we give up. We don't keep we don't keep up the the fight. We don't keep marching around those walls. We won't ever know what's what God might be about to open up ahead of us.
0: Yeah, got to stay in the game. Mm. Stay consistent. Keep trusting in Him. Yep. Yeah, that's great. And I finish? think
1: we probably should finish up.
0: Oh, I'm being told to finish up. How are we? We're at uh, 23 minutes. Okay. Is that all right? That's fine. Want to keep going for a minute? Sure. Okay. I was just going to say, I think, um, you know, like in my own journey, personally, my journey, say this year, 2023, I've had a few um, ministry barriers. It's been a season where uh, some doors have opened for, for, you know, extra ministry, but at the same time, in our own church context, we've faced a few challenges and a few ministry barriers. And so, We've had to wrestle with this. These are these are probably they're not absolute crises, but they're not the day to day either. There's some of the more extreme day to day stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like in our location, we you know we were facing some financial challenges there, and we had to you know we were very conscious of the fact that uh, you know 30 plus years people have given into the building that the church has that that we've inherited as part of our role as the senior leaders there, and we uh, didn't want to see. Any of that be sold off, and so we, we made some changes in the way we, we ran a social enterprise there, and we still had a gap, and we looked at it, and we chatted with John Vinkeldy, and we said, well, look, let's just for a period of time, I've got about four four years to go on our lease on our mortgage. Let's see if we can uh, call people to rise to this. And to be honest, I wasn't sleeping. I was having significant uh, nights where I was I was troubled by this and discouraged by this. I you know I was restless in the middle of the night, regularly up between two and three, and that kind of thing. And I had to reach out and I reached out to our board and said, look, you know, I need some support and prayer on this and let's get some vision. And then you came along and you said, we're hopeful. And I remember you saying that from the pulpit and it just, it did shift something in me. And that's what led to that, us uh, sitting down with our team and just talking about it, not from a woe is us, but from a, we need a breakthrough, let's work together on this. And we, and we got this revelation for this Exodus, uh, for our vision builders building fund to be an Exodus fund to kind of wipe our debt. Uh, you know, not in one year. We didn't have that much faith. We wanted to have a measure of reality, not put the stretch out there. If God wants to do that, hey, I'm open to it. Um, And we said, look, we have a goal for $60,000. We've never had that much in the time we've been in the church in in terms of an annual commitment in Vision Builders. And we went to the church with that and we prayed about it and we spoke to it. And it was either that or nothing. It really was an exodus moment. The bank was coming to be coming on our back door. And on that Sunday, we received $59,978 in commitments. We were $22 <laughs> short. So one dear brother said, hey, I'll throw the $22. But yeah. it was just one cool. of those moments where God's showed us, hey, I've got this. You know, mm-hmm. God's got this. He will work through you. And secondly, by the time this comes out, like our Picton location, it's different there. We're actually also facing some challenges financially. and I don't know many churches are. It's mm. certainly, certainly not unique to us in this season. And so after many years in in a a rented building, we've made the call and be moving out of that building and most likely into a set-up, pack-up arrangement in a school. And even then we're hopeful. Even though there's grief and there's, you know, there's memories in that building and so on, we've kind of gone, I've had very much in my heart that those moments when it seems like doors close are actually opportunities. If someone doesn't come to the group or, you know, the Connect Group, no one shows up or that Sunday, You know, the numbers are down. You run a conference and you think all these people are going to come and then they don't come. We've seen that happen, you know, that kind of thing. I think if we can turn to think about God as the supernatural God, acknowledge the reality, it's not what I hoped it'd be. There is a gap between my vision and my reality, but God is the God of the gap. And so I'm going to turn and rely upon him and say, God, you'll you'll make this work. You'll come through for me. And so in our Picton location, moving into a school, we're seeing this like, I'm seeing this in my own spirit, like kind of like the church in Jerusalem after Stephen was stoned. They scattered. The persecution scattered them and ministry happened. They actually weren't going to leave Jerusalem. Jesus had said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, and it took hardship to scatter them. Now mm. this is no way this is what we're facing is not persecution. You know, I'm not not, not no. trying to say this okay, financial hardship is persecution. That in that would be dis, dishonorable to those who are genuinely facing persecution, but the principle of hardship, the principle of I've got a barrier in front of me, there's a gap between vision and reality. I want to be here but I'm not here. But if we can see that God is in that gap and be open to that we're moving into a new season, hopeful that what really matters is not a building. What yeah. really matters is souls for the kingdom of God. what really matters is the gospel being lived out in God front forms of people who God need
1: forms it. things in us in those times, doesn't He? Yes, yes. I'm always reminded of that. He says, you know, I've, I'm forming in you a pearl of great price. He said, uh, you He said know, that to you. And uh, hmm. you know, sometimes in during those times where you think, oh, this just this seems like a bigger stretch, and I thought, okay, no, you know what? He's forming something in us. You know, what's the scripture say? Hard pressed on all sides but not forsaken. Uh, whether I have little or whether I have much, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's like it's not you know, this is biblical. This is this is right through the scripture. It was certainly in the New Testament and certainly in the early church, there was times of challenge yep. where they had to they had to walk through you know they did walk through persecution, mm. they had to walk through enormous uh Challenge from all sides, and they had to uh, they had to be people who looked, kept looking to the Lord, and kept saying, "We, you know, we we have hope in you. Our trust is in you. Our faith is in you. We look to you. We're expectant, and uh, you know." And he he did. He turned up time and time again.
0: Absolutely. And here's here's a word that I feel the Holy Spirit prompting for someone. Don't think that when you reach your goal, it will be easy. Whether that's the size of your church. Oh, when we can just bust through fifty people, or hundred people, or two hundred people, or 500 people or 1,000 people, or when I could just get to my connect group to multiply, or when I could just get everyone to come, that it'll be easy. I think about talking about the book of early, book of Acts there. They, you'd think they were busting through all their goals 3,000 one day, 5,000 the next. Doesn't take very long before there's major crises in that church and people are arguing with each other. So, more mm-hmm. people, more money often brings more problems and more challenges as well. So, if we can change our psyche and realize there's always going to be a gap between vision, reality, regardless of where we're at and learn to manage that faithfully, trust God in that gap, manage the discouragement well and lead your team in in managing that discouragement as well. And
1: if he's called us to to be a leader, this is what he made
0: for. This is what you made for and this is what God will give you the ability to do because uh, you know, a shepherd can guide sheep in the right direction if they're wandering off. A good shepherd will be able to say, come on, let's wander back this way. There's green pastures over here. I think that's what we're called to do as leaders. We might, in another episode, talk a little bit more about going a little bit deeper in this in terms of how do we have those conversations with team? How do we form up a new strategic plan? How do we how do we start to get a vision for the future? If, if you're a bit stuck, if you're a bit stuck right now and you can't see a way forward, that probably warrants its own conversation as well.
1: Yeah, because you see that, I've been thinking that actually about, you know, ...certainly in church life but all, all areas of society. We have times where uh, I think it's like... ...where did I see the other day where I saw something... ...oh, a really successful, very big community facility in our area... ...that does a lot of programs and, and they actually are, are doing some renovations... ...and they're doing some tr- team training and some things... And, ...and they're actually just like doing a restructure... And I'm like, oh, but they're already doing really good stuff. But for them, they kind of need to pull back a little bit from their being… Uh,
0: Frontline all the time.
1: Frontline for a season to… And so they're saying, hey, guys, we're not going anywhere. We're still here. But while we're… It's like, you know, under… What do they, they put up the signs saying? Um, under, under new management. Uh, no, not under new management, but just, you know, know you renovations mean. happening, yeah. restructure happening. Yeah. We're coming back bigger and better and it's going to be awesome. But we just need this season to, to do some stuff. And, and they're already a good organisation and I've seen that a bit lately and it's made me kind of go, oh, I, I, you know, I think we have to be okay with the fact that sometimes we're not always going to be, on a, you know, at our… You um, don't
0: have to be open for business, front-footed all the time.
1: Front-footed out outwardly. Sometimes we just but, – but we do have to think strategically and, and you know, develop, look at developing plans and looking at, you know,
0: what's the goal. I I think that's actually a principle of life. I think about our lemon tree out the front that Maz and Tom gave us when we moved in here. Think about how wisteria at the old house, there's seasons of blooming, like wisteria just goes massive purple, you know, blooms, and then in the wintertime it it, it has nothing. It seems to have no fruit. But a lot of these plants are using that time to strengthen. When they're not moving forward, they're actually strengthening. And so I think that's that's life. Uh, Craig Mm. Rochelle talks about this. You can't always be doing 100% front footed because otherwise you'll, you won't be ready for the next season of growth because you haven't spent time introspectively preparing your structures, your heart, yeah. your vision, your team for that next season. And we kind of feel like we're a little bit like that. I had a conversation with our leaders about, you know, talking about the Picton building, beginning that conversation and, you know, not knowing what the season will be, what the next, the rest of the year will look like in terms of, do we just go gung ho or do we need some time to restructure and rethink? Maybe, you know, your message there is a bit of a confirmation that it's okay to take some time just to go, let's get some fresh vision. Let's, let's do soft openings and let's just reevaluate what really matters to us so that when we do get clarity, everyone's on the same page and we're ready to go again. And that's, it's not holding back. That's actually wise. I think. Yeah. Getting faith together in your team. So we'll talk some more about that in another one. Anything else you want to say
1: before we're done? No, I think that's great.
0: Excellent. All right. That was good. Good thoughts, babe. All right. Thanks, everyone, for being with us. Thank you. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ministry Matters podcast. Hey, if this podcast has been an encouragement to you or you think it could be to others, we'd be so grateful if you'd share it with your friends on the socials. So before you head back into your day, if you could take a moment to like our Facebook and Instagram pages and share them with your friends, that would be awesome. You can find us by searching at Ministry Matters Podcast or one word. And one last thing that just helps the podcast algorithm to work for us. We'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to click that follow button wherever you listen to your podcast, so every new episode will be loaded straight to your device. And for those of you watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button and ring the bell so you know when a new episode drops. All the links you need are in the show notes. So thanks so much for being with us today, and we look forward to talking to you in the next episode.